Welcome to Faith FM's Breakfast Show. You're here with Mon and Sven. How you doing, Sven? I'm I'm doing pretty well for an early morning. Yeah, with, an with, accidental early morning. Short yes, notice. without breakfast. <laughs> it is a breakfast show, but I haven't had breakfast. Breakfast free breakfast show. I kind of think I might call this the uh, the Mon and the Kaleidoscope show because I'm having just this kaleidoscope of hosts to help me out here. Is it a bit disorientating? A bit confusing? <laughs> yeah. you, who am I talking to? Sorry, who's going to be next week? Who's going to be on Monday? Who's going to be on Tuesday? <laughs> well, you know, my my uh, wife said to me as I walked out the door, she said. To me, Sven, this is payback uh, because I was supposed to be on the show uh, about two or three weeks ago, and I had this this uh, cold which lasted for six weeks. And I I was I was eating garlic and ginger and, and lemon juice and orange juice, and and then when it wasn't going away, I uh-huh. started to get all the really serious chemical stuff. You know, you can get at the pharmacies <laughs> yep, yep. and 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 just drinking. I thought I've got to kill it. I've got to kill it. And and Sunday night, the night before I was supposed to be on. Uh, um, it was. I was just coughing and spluttering every, like every fifth word. I'd be coughing. Oh no! And and so I called up um, Maddie, the the communications director, and I said, "Man, it's just not going to work." And can you find somebody? Well, I said, "Look, you know, do you think it's going to work if I'm co- coughing all the way through?" And he said to me that that Mon, you Mon, um, were, were sick sometimes, so you coughed and spluttered or whatever, and sniffled whatever. <laughs> yeah. But um, so he said, "Nah, that's fine." So so I thought, "I'm out of it." I'm I'm off the hook. And now we called you again. And this now you morning. called me again. <laughs> this I, show will not let you go. It will not let me go. <laughs> For those of you wondering what's going on, Lyle is sick. Lawson is sick. And Sven has gallantly come in and, and taken up the position of helping me out with the show. Really grateful. Really didn't want to have to do the show by myself this morning, Sven. You were a godsend this morning. We were praying for someone and you came through. So well, praise the Lord. Just be glad I checked my, my, my <laughs> yes, iPhone this morning. That's Otherwise. The thing, getting people to check their phone at that hour of the day. Nine o'clock, I'd be going, ah, what's this? <laughs> oh, by the way, this is a delayed broadcast introduction. And if you would like to jump across the live show, it is easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I think we tell you this way too often. All you got to do is download the TuneIn app, search for Faith FM Australia, add us to your favourites. Or you can jump across the website, faithfm.com.au and press play on the live stream or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM and pester us to get the live broadcast to you. Anyway, we have an excellent show coming up right after this song. Now I'm not promising that it will all make sense in the end. But here's to hoping that somehow something good's around the bend. Lately, your room's been darker than it used to be. The fight is harder than
your feet You're overthinking everything you see Asking why The Breakfast Show, you're here on Faith FM, you're here with Mon and Sven. I don't think we, have we ever done radio together, just the two of us? It's We've done first. it as a, a um, trio. trio with yeah. um, with Lyle, but not just the two. And and look, I'd say um, I'm really thankful that we can do it together. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, leading over in Perth. Uh, so, meeting over in Perth, I should say, but it's um, it's been really cool. Yeah, actually, we interview, quite a, interview you quite a bit on this show. We've had, it was just last week or something we interviewed you, didn't we? You did, you yeah, did. Yeah, 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 that was great. So, yeah, it's good to do a whole show with you this morning. Um, before we get too much further, I want to kick off off our breakfast Bible quiz. So get your phones ready, listeners. If you can get this right, I'm going to send you a prize. This is a brand new quiz this morning. What city am I? Mm. I'm not going to tell us the answer. No. <laughs> Good guess, but no, Sven. <laughs> okay, this is the first clue. Heil, who rebuilt Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son, was from this city. Ooh, not Newcastle. It's seriously not Newcastle. Definitely not Newcastle. Maybe there was a castle in this city, but this wasn't Newcastle. So do you reckon they, um, we could go online and find it out, do a bit of a search? Um, do you know what? If people want to search, I don't mind. But why don't you tell them what the prize is? Ooh. But yeah, if you Google the answer, don't don't tell us when you give us a call. But give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. What's the, the prize? The prize looks really, really good. It's a book and um, at right at the top it says Freedom in Christ, which sounds amazing. But the title is actually Break Free, Stay Free. And I think that's amazing. That's you know, great. You know, there's there's so many things in life which just kind of really tie us down. And mm. and I'm not talking just about, you know, relationships and boyfriends, girlfriends being married or whatever, but, you know, just things in life, you know, being addicted to, you know, computer games. Yeah, exactly. Pornography. Yeah, um, sin, basically. Yeah, sin. And we can break free. 
So it's actually written by Steve Goss. He's uh, from the Director of Freedom in Christ Ministries, uh, which is a really cool ministry, actually. You know, and he talks about, um, you know, about Christians. You know, we're flawed. None of us are perfect. We all come with a past, and uh, and how that past can actually hold us back. And uh, you know, we carry around a lot of baggage, a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and this is talking about how Jesus actually came to break us free from all that nonsense in our in our past. And that's good news. Uh, huge good news. Mm. So Break Free, Stay Free by Steve Goss is our prize this morning. Give us a call if you think you know the answer. 1-800-324-843. And it's not Newcastle. And it's not. <laughs> Sven is convinced it's not Newcastle, which it's not. Uh, by the way, Sven, what are you grateful for this morning? I'm really grateful. Actually, I mentioned it last week when I was on uh, the interview. Uh, but what I'm really grateful for is my parents are over here in oh, really? visiting us. Yeah, oh, nice. so, over from where? From Auckland. Oh, wait, yes. are you a Kiwi? Half Kiwi. Half Swedish, half Kiwi. I was going to say, weren't you like Swiss or something? But yeah, Swedish. Okay. Swedish, yeah. So, so they're over here. And uh, yesterday we went down to uh, Sydney with my dad. We did a um, interview down with Ra- a Record Live oh, uh, nice. talking about the Faith and Science Conference coming up, which I'll, we can talk about later. Oh, yes. We are definitely going to be talking about that later. There's very exciting stuff coming up. So that was pretty cool. And then today we were driving up to Stuart's Point because we've got a grey nomads camp. And oh, I just look forward to this weekend. I'm jealous. I really want to go to that. Have you ever been to it? I've been to a Great Nomads down in Cos- uh, Kosciuszko, like in Jindabyne, and that was just an epic week. We had such a blast. I love old fellas. Yeah. I mean, it's old people in general. <laughs> Not and old ladies as well. Yeah, yeah. The good, biddies good. and the codgers. The biddies and the codgers, that's what cool. I call them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'll tell you what it's like when it's back, but yeah, really looking forward to it, really thankful for that. What about you, Mon? We should get you to do some interviews while you're there. Do you know what I'm grateful I've been challenging myself recently, Sven, not just to to find gratitude in the things that you're obviously thankful for, but to actually find gratitude in the things that are going wrong. So find positive and the negative. So and Lyle's sick. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thankful that Lyle's sick. Well, that's easy because I'm thankful that you came in. But one that happened yesterday that really had me just fuming, uh, my lunchbox spilt in my backpack and I have oh, tomato no. sauce all through my backpack. And I don't know if you know this about me, um, but I have an unreasonable hatred towards the smell of tomato sauce. I just can't handle the smell of it. It's well, fine. You need to teach my kids. You tell them, don't yeah. like this tomato sauce. <laughs> they love it, do they? They do, unfortunately. But it's for me, it's fine while I'm eating it. But like half an hour after I finish eating it, if the plate still has ketchup on it and it's sitting there and the whole room starts to smell of it, okay, I'm done. I have to leave or wash the plate. So right now, my backpack smells like stinks, like stench, uh, unbelievable of ketchup. It's just so revolting. But Mon, tip for the day, yes. what do you do with your lunchbox <laughs> in your backpack? Well, it wasn't like I left it there overnight. It was like in the day it actually leaked out, so the lid wasn't shut properly. And um, yes, right. that's the problem. But my, I've decided that the gratitude that I can find in that is I'm grateful that I had lunch and I'm grateful that I have a backpack because there's so many people, even just yesterday we're talking about, you know, these... um. Uh, little old ladies in South Korea there who who are so excited to be able to have a school bag, to have a backpack and go to school for the first time at the age of 70 because they've missed out on education. What about North Korea? And probably even worse than North Korea mm. if you get some news coming out of that place. And, uh, and so there's lots of countries where they don't have lunch and they don't have a backpack and I should be grateful I have both. Yeah. But anyway, let me share with you some really cool news. I think we're both going to be talking about some similar stuff this morning, Sven. But I want to tell you about all things electrical at the moment. Ooh. So I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on Europe, um, 
But Germany is about to debut its first overhead power lines for keeping uh, electrical trucks charged on the highway. Oh, yes, yeah, so electrical kinda, trucks. Electrical trucks. So it kind of looks like a bit like, you know how when you're down in Melbourne and you see those trams? Oh, yes. And they're all connected to overhead wires. So what they've gone and done is they've installed these overhead uh, lines um, along their major highways in between big points. So basically, you know, they're... So they're tram trucks. Yeah, yeah kind of. So they're electrical trucks, and uh, and that's what they use to power them up. But they put them on specific locations. A bit like here in Australia, we would stick them like on the on the Pacific Highway between Newcastle and Sydney, and then the Hume Highway between Sydney and Melbourne, because that's where you see all the, the big road trains, right? Yes. And across the Nullarbor, that's another big one. So it's picked. It's picked. Um, um, highways that are um, like the main arteries where all the trucks go, and uh, and at the moment they're testing on a crucial portion um, of the Hessen Autobahn, uh, which is coming out of Frankfurt Airport, and there's a 10k stretch of overhead lines, and they're actually testing it now um, with a fleet of electrical trucks um, for the next three years until 2022, and um, it's it's really cool because you know they're being tested. Um, with electrical motors, batteries, diesel engines. So they actually drive up to about 90 k's an hour. It's actually not that fast. Well, that's what I was going to ask you on the Autobahn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think that'd be unlimited speed, you know, with these <laughs> trucks driving at 300 k's an hour? Yeah, you really don't want to see one of those coming up in your, in your rear view mirror. No, you don't. So Even if you're driving a Merc. That's, that's right. Um, so the charging system automatically connects to the overhead lines for charging. Um, so while it's driving, um, it's simultaneously charging its battery. Um which is actually kind of cool because, you know, if they ran out, they actually had to switch back to their backup fossil fuel engine, which they all have, so they can actually continue to drive. So calling it the e-highway system, guess who developed it? Simon. Tesla. No, Simons. Oh, yes. Siemens. Siemens. Simons. Siemens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I saw that name, I'm like, really? They did that? Did they just make TVs or something? Um, and it's all been, also been funded by the uh, German Federal Ministry for Environment, which is great that they actually got involved. Um, but I never would have thought I'd see the day when big rig transit vehicles uh, were going electrical. It's, it's, it's really cool. Uh, it's dramatically reducing the amount of nitrogen ox- uh, oxides and CO2 emissions because it, you know, from the freight industry. Yes. Because freight, especially you know, when you're driving along any highway here in Australia or any road and you come across one of those big road trains and just a huge plume of pollution that comes out the top. Yes. And actually, um, Mon, I was, I was doing some research because we had to buy a, a new car. Um, our, our little Toyota Corolla got um, totaled oh, and yeah. um, written off. And, and I was looking at some diesel cars. And, and one of the things I found out was that in, in Germany, uh, they're actually uh, phasing out like diesel BMWs and wow. because it's, um, they've found it's a bit of a dirtier kind of fuel. Yeah, so polluted. It's pollu- you know, polluting. So moving towards this electrical, electrical. And, and cleaning our airs out as and well. And surprisingly, just in case you thought the Germans were crazy, it's not the first country that's done this. It was actually successfully launched in your land, Sweden, back in 2016. And I was going to say Japan, but Sweden, I'll take it for yeah, Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's actually a massive success there on the same sort of e-highway systems that they're doing in Germany. But also, before we finish, I want to quickly tell you, Similarly, in the US at Niagara Falls, they are replacing all their made of the mist ferries where people like the tourists jump on board to have a look at the Niagara Falls, replacing them all with fully electrical, emission-free, quiet, exhaust fume-free boats. 
Hope, How cool is that? Hopefully it doesn't short out in yeah. the water. <laughs> it's sparking yeah. all around you. Well, apparently the batteries are recharged for seven minutes after each trip, which gets them up to 80% capacity, uh, which is apparently a maximum efficiency and battery life for them. So this is really cool. Just the whole world is turning over a green leaf. Fantastic. Would you know? Anyway, stay tuned. This is the Soul Stirrers with Touch the Hem of His Garment, and we'll be right back with the current news. Oh, there was a woman in the Bible days. She had been sick, sick so very long. But she heard my Jesus was passing by. So she joined the gathering throng. And while she was pushing her way through, someone asked her, what are you trying to do? She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. She cried, oh, and oh, and oh, and oh, said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. money here and there until she had no had no more to spare the doctors they done all they could but their medicine would do no good when she touched him the savior didn't see but still he turned around and cried somebody touch me she said it was the hem of your garment I know I'll be made whole right now She stood there crying Oh, 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 and oh, 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 and oh, Said if I could just touch the hem of your garment I know I'll be made Oh, what a great song that was. Soul Stirrers, Touch the Hem of His Garment. I almost just nodded to the producer and told her to play it again. I wonder if that's ever happened on the show. Just play it again. You're back on Faith FM on The Breakfast Show. You're listening to 87.6, 87.8 or 88 FM around our beautiful country of Australia, depending on where you are. Send us a text. Tell us where you're listening from. We love finding out which pockets of our country you are in listening to Faith FM. Our texting number is 0491064669. I'm going to give that one again because it's a bit tricky and people often ask to have it twice. 0491064669. It is also the number that you can text your guests of the breakfast Bible quiz answer. But before I give you that one, I do just want to let you know that we need some prayers here at Faith FM. Our breakfast team is so sick. Uh, Lawson is sick. Lyle is sick. Even our producer Shell is sick. They've all got the flu or something, although Lawson's actually throwing up. Poor kid. He was supposed to do the show with me this morning and... um. 
He texted me, he says, I'm shivering and I'm vomiting. Please don't make me do the breakfast show this morning. I was like, it's okay, Lawson. We won't force you to come in. Ah, poor sausage, Lawson. We hope that all three of them feel better soon. And uh, please do keep them in your prayers. In the meantime, we are very grateful to have uh, Sven come in and help us out. Um, But before we get to Sven's piece about the current news, I'm going to give you the next clue for our quiz. Now, as I mentioned before, this is a What City Am I quiz, and this is the second clue. This is one of the two cities in which Jeroboam set up golden calves as idols. This is one of the two cities in which Jeroboam set up golden calves as idols. That first clue was a bit cryptic. I'll give it to you again. I hope I pronounced the guy's name properly. Hyle, who rebuilt Jericho at the cost of his firstborn son, was from this city. So those are the two clues that are out there at the moment. If you would like to watch our clues back over... Jump onto our Instagram. It is Faith FM Live. That is our handle, Faith FM Live, all one word, lowercase. And click on our profile, and uh, a, a video will pop up, and you'll see my lovely face, uh, <clears throat> lovelyish face, giving you the clues, and you can watch them over and over again until you think you got it. And if you get it right, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we'll send you the prize. This morning is a really great copy of a book called Break Free, Stay Free. Don't let the past hold you back by Steve Goss, and it's all about finding freedom from your past mistakes in Christ. Really great book. Anyway, Sven. Mon, I've got some really good news to um, just go through today, which is go really on. amazing. I'm so, so excited. Yes. Well, the first thing which is really, really exciting <laughs> is um, just yesterday, according to my news uh, sources, uh-huh. the Pope has issued a brand new Vatican law. He's changed the law. Oh, man, please let it be a good change. <laughs> which, which is really interesting, you know, um, Mon, because the Pope is supposed to speak for God. Yes. And um, so, you know, Vatican law should be... Infallible, yeah. you know, it sort of rock solid, doesn't change. Right. If he wants to make that claim, he better follow up with some good stuff. But but they've changed the law, which I think is really quite <laughs> strange, you know. Because God doesn't change. Because God doesn't change, so the Vatican law shouldn't change. But anyway, but, uh, beside all of that. That's a good point, actually, Sven. <laughs> the thing is this, is this, this is a really good change, and that is that uh, the Pope, Pope Francis, has issued a new law, brand new law, which says that it's mandatory uh, for priests and bishops and all of the other dudes, archbishops, uh, to report uh, sexual abuse. So it's mandatory to, to tell um, if uh, abuse has been occurring in the parishes. And wait a second, wait a second. This hasn't been a law up till now? No, no. That's disgraceful. It's, don't you think it's a little bit too little too late? I mean, it's 2019, Sven. That should have been a law, like, since day dot. Well, you need to understand Catholic law, Catholic um, organization. Uh So, in the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church sees itself as uh, representing Jesus on earth. So, the Catholic Church is God's kingdom on earth, Mm -hmm. uh, according to what what they they believe. So, they would see the secular governments, uh, so the Australian government, the US government, as uh, kind of inferior. Those are human institutions, uh, and they're 
their laws change all the time and, and so forth and so on. They interfere. Mm-hmm. But the, so the Catholic Church would say that, okay, well, they should be dealing with anything which occurs in the Catholic Church. They, they work it out. So if sexual abuse occurs, um, they don't need to take it to the secular courts. Uh, they would deal with it internally. And what they've been doing in the past is simply shuffling the, the, the priests around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so abuse which occurred down in, um, uh, Geelong now moves up to, to Newcastle or across to Perth, whatever. Yes. To try and, uh, cover up really. Uh-huh. And, and look, well, I think we need to be honest as well is that that has occurred in other organizations and in even other churches as well. Because, you know, people say, well, what do you do with somebody who's, um, pedophile, you know, mm-hmm. and, and somebody who's a leader? However, the good thing is that they've changed that law. So now, instead of just handling it all internally, which can get really messy and and um, and not dealt with well, the the Pope has said uh, that they need to to report it to the the secular uh, government and secular get them government. Yeah, and good. it's a papal document called Motu Proprio. Oh wow! Okay. So if you speak any Latin, nope, not, um, a, not a single word. But uh, each diocese needs to to establish a system uh, to to sh- make this public. Mm-hmm. In terms of of um, sexual abuse, uh, they need to report it, and um, and they also need to uh, report to the Vatican as well. So the Archbishop. So it's getting pretty serious. I have two questions. Okay. First of all, does this mandatory reporting include what the priests hear in the confessional box, or oh, do we have a song playing right now? When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still, and with all
You're back. <laughs> we are back. A- unexpected musical interlude there. <laughs> I think our producer was thinking we we're just getting a bit heavy there, so we need a bit of lightening up. Yeah. Or maybe she sneezed and actually bumped the mouse. I think that's what happened. Really? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, we weren't supposed to take a song break there, but we did. So let's get right back into it. So I'm not getting, letting you get away with this discussion. I have two questions about the Pope's new law about uh, mandatory reporting of sexual abuse. First of all, as I was saying, do you really think, I mean, does this cover or does it ex- like have an exemption for what priests hear in the confessional box? Like, is that still like holy ground for them? Um, and do you actually think that they're going to do it? Or do you think this is just them sort of putting up a front saying, oh, yes, we now have mandatory reporting. And yet, do you really think the, 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 the people who work for the, for the Catholic Church are actually going to do it? Well, I certainly, yeah, uh, as far as I know, yeah, it would include what's heard in the, the confessional box as well. Uh, so, so people can, um, the, the, the priests can report it. You can have, you know, lay people, uh, your, your church members reporting it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, obviously we'd, we'd need to sit down and read the document from cover yeah, to cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yes, yeah, so, uh, certainly that's in it as well. Look, in terms of whether they actually do it, uh, they, part of it has been that they can replace the individual, uh, from, uh, you know, the bishop, the priest and, and, um, Put somebody better in there, somebody you know reputable, uh, which which will be good. Look, I I would say yes. They, I do think they're going to uh, uh, follow follow through. Um, in terms of, I believe the Vatican will, uh, because look, you know the 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 Catholic Church, unfortunately, like other organisations, has had a lot of bra- bad press. Yeah, yeah, and and so they just can't afford to do it. I guess the the question would be. Coming down to the uh, to the ground level, you know, uh, you know, if it is something systemic, if it's something just part of the culture, then uh, at that point, whether the reporting will actually occur, and I guess that's getting close to what you're talking about, um, because you know, the the issue is that we're talking about um, kids, we're talking about young people, and while the the people in the high levels may may know about this law what about the kids who feel sort of intimidated mm. and who may not know um so so yeah it's it's a it's a I good al- do you know i also wonder whether or not this is going to change the way uh catholics are going to use the confessional boxes and they're going to feel like oh something i say here is is no longer a private it could end up at the police or the vatican or, or the, the, yeah yeah mm. i wonder if it's going to change and if that's if it does change i, I also wonder whether or not uh, people now will feel like they don't have an out for their guilt and whether or not they have it piling up and building up. I do wonder how it's going to change the culture and the whole of the Catholic Church. And I do think it's a shame they, they even implemented the false doctrine of confessional boxes. It would be so great if people would just understand they can take their sins straight to Jesus and pray right there, right now, for forgiveness of their sins. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing is that sometimes um, I, I know of people who said they've kind of needs to make up things in the confessional box yeah. uh, as well. So that might sort of motivate that. But look, the, you're absolutely right, Mon. We can 
can take all of our sins and find freedom in Jesus. Look, for anyone who is listening who is wondering about mandatory reporting, please, 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 for the safety of the children of our entire planet, if you have heard something or suspect something, please just go straight to the police. Uh, your local police station uh, is 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 open and welcome to um, having people do mandatory reporting, and we very much appreciate it. It changes lives for the better when Absolutely. you stand up and say no, no more of this, and protect kids, protect each other, protect the vulnerable. This is Jaden Lavick, Blessed Assurance, and after that we have an interview with Kent Kingston. Stay tuned.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 818, or 88 right across Australia. Joining us on the phone this morning for our interview of the day is none other than Kent Kingston from Science Magazine. Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Lyle. It's fantastic to be here. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Now, Kent, uh, we actually had something uh, very, very special a couple of days ago. We had mm-hmm. your sister on the show. Oh, really? Which one? I've got three. Yes, we had uh, <laughs> Ali on the show. Your youngest. Oh, I believe Ali, your youngest. okay, yes. Yes, Ali and Leighton yes, Heist yes. were uh, both on the show talking about uh, music and their journey of faith and what they're doing for God. It was it was fantastic, yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Did, did you play any of the tracks of their album, Year of the Home? We had them, uh, we had them sing live on air. Oh, even better. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, we're, we're, all... we're kind of getting to know the whole family here on Faith M.M. Really nice. <laughs> excellent. You've only got three more siblings to cover. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, Kent, tell us about the next edition of Signs Magazine. Yes, welcome to May. Um, Where is the the year going, Kent? I mean, we're in May already. No, where is the year going? We are in May already. It's like, how does that even happen? Look, it's nuts, isn't it? I know. And and when you work in a magazine, you um you're always working, you know, quite a few months ahead as well. So you know, I've I've received a an article for the Christmas uh, issue of the magazine this week. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're 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 sort of looking at July and August and September at at the minute, really. Um, yeah, so it's it's crazy how how we're always ahead. But yeah, May. Um, yeah, how did it get there? Like the year just starts, and before you know it, we thinking about end of financial year sort of stuff it's yeah it's it's nuts isn't it it is it is okay so may edition what have we got coming up in may edition well, look, we, as usual, we, we have a mix of, um, of current issues. We have a lot of sort of pretty good, you know, sort of hot sort of issues there. We look at well-being and relationships and, and that sort of stuff. Um, we also look at faith, uh, more specifically, um, and culture. I mean, look, where, where do you want to start? I mean, <laughs> current issues, um, perhaps. Um, we have a really interesting article by uh, Mark Hadley. He's a, a Christian uh, movie reviewer and cultural commentator um, the article is entitled the new pharisees and uh, the subtitle is is the secular left the new religious right oh so, that sounds so interesting that sounds just like <clears throat> just the kind of thing that uh, i would love to um rant on about here on faith fm <laughs> yeah well that's curious right. I mean, to this, find uh, out what he, what he had to say on this so so run yeah, the yeah, this, again is the is the secular is left the secular left the new religious right and uh, basically what he does there is he says let, let's have a look back in Jesus' day when the Pharisees were there, you know, criticizing Jesus, trying to shut him down and, and all this sort of stuff. And he says, well, in some ways, um, what we see sometimes in the, in the media, in, um, in academia and, and that sort of thing is this new, I guess, a, a censorious sort of, um, impulse, uh, that it's, you know, you can't say that, you can't do that. And it's, yeah, it, it is a bit of a worry. The, um, the, the left of politics, which historically has been, you know, committed to, um, to freedom and, and that sort of thing is somehow just getting, uh, heading in a little bit more of a, an authoritarian direction. Um, and unfortunately, um, it's sometimes people of faith who uh you know who are in the crosshairs and that, that is a little bit of a worry i mean look obviously we we can't um <clears throat> i guess 
you know, oversimplify the situation. It's much more complex than that. But this is yeah. one particular cultural trend that, that he has put his finger on. I mean, I, I myself generally vote in a more leftward direction. Um, so it's a, a, a bit of a, a challenge for me, I guess, to, to recognize that um, and to see where he's coming from. Um, so look, some of our readers may not agree with where he's coming from, and, and that's okay. The, the point isn't to convince you of, you know, our you know, the science magazine's point of view necessarily. The the idea is to, you know, get you thinking, well, okay, well, what do you think about that and why yep, yep. can you back it up? For us to think and also to promote discussion because it is as we, you know, discuss these points of issue, you know, points of view backwards and forwards and listen to each other and each other's um, different, you know, perspectives where they come from that it helps us to find balance in our own lives. Mm, yeah, that's right. Uh, we have another really so that's a, fascinating... That's a, um, I find that interesting, Kent. Um, this is a, a little bit of a controversial move for Science Magazine here. Are you going to cop any flack for it, do you think? <laughs> well, look, look, we may. Who knows? But um, look, I had a boss who, who used to say, look, if, you, um, if you're not copying any flack, you're obviously not discussing anything that's relevant to people. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I, I guess look on that that um, new Pharisees article, as I said, probably comes from a more conservative uh, point of view. But we have a, another article, a cover article, which is entitled "Who Is My Neighbor?" and this um, is a, a young pastor from Toowoomba, which is you know sort of the Bible Belt of Australia. It's often referred to, mm-hmm. um, talking about his experience with. Um, meeting the neighbours who actually live around his church uh, building. And in particular, he's um, connected with some Muslim families and one couple in particular who he's become quite close to and they've um, sort of shared some of their experiences with him. Uh, the, the, the lady uh, of the family, the, the mum, actually had a quite a nasty experience in Brisbane a, a little while back where... Um, She's just walking on the street with her kids, um, you know, wearing a headscarf, as many Muslim women do. And, you know, two fellas pull up in a car at the traffic lights, you know, while she's waiting to, to cross and basically wind down the window and just hurl verbal abuse at her, um, you know, ra- racist abuse you know, based on, you know, her race and, and her religion and her appearance. She's got two little kids there, like, having to deal with this. And, um, and now that the author of this article has sort of befriended these people, um, I mean, he may not have thought much about Islam or ethnic or religious minorities, you know, in mm-hmm. in the past. But but now that he's hearing this from you know this couple who have become his friends, suddenly he's recognizing, wow, these are human beings. You know, these are people going through, um, yeah, going through through tough times, going through something that would be horrible for anyone. Um, and I guess he, yeah, he really encourages us in that article to reach across, you know, racial and religious lines to connect with other people, to build stronger communities. And, and he, he really believes that, the, you know, the, ans- the, the answer to, to hate and fear and, and ignorance is to connect with people one-to-one to build, you know, genuine relationships. And that that's, I guess, something that you could say is, you know, I mean, we've already had some complaints come from uh, more, you know, <laughs> right-wing uh, readers saying, what are you doing? You know, you can't be nice to Muslims. But I honestly <laughs> think that you know, the Bible tells us that we do need to connect with all people. We need to reach across these lines. It's, it's a, a biblically consistent message. Absolutely. And right now, you know, I'm glad you're bringing this article out in the month of May. The month of May is the perfect opportunity to connect, connect with people in the uh, Muslim community. This is the month of Ramadan. And yeah, uh, my right. suggestion would be, you know, head along to the local mosque and go to an iftar dinner, um, you know, obviously after sunset, 
um, or if you want to get up early and go for for breakfast before sunrise, um, you know maybe you know uh, let, let them know, or just just just, ten, uh, just just to turn up there and and uh, have an iftar dinner. Ask them questions about you know what do you believe, what are you doing here. Mm. You will be absolutely. I would I would predict that you will all be incredibly pre- pleasantly surprised by your experience in doing so. And you know when we do these kinds of things it helps us to understand, you know, the other portions of the community and what they are dealing with, where they are coming from, um what their struggles are and to get to know them as real human beings. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, find them wonderful people. Is- you know, they're the most hospitable people on the planet. Well, that's right. Yeah, they have a very strong culture of hospitality. Generally, you know, people from Middle Eastern countries, whether they are Muslim or Christian or, or atheist or, or whatever, um, that's that's definitely the case. And look, none of this is to say, hey, listen, you need to stop asking, you know, hard questions about, you know, what do Muslims believe? What does the Quran actually say? Um, we're not calling on anyone to, you know, dumb down their understanding or stop asking questions. Not at uh, all. Often, not at all. Yeah, often it's good to ask those questions from a position of trust and from a position of human connection rather than, you know, lobbing grenades over the, over the cultural divide, you know, that, and that's the thing that I think that is really harmful in our society. You know, we've, so many of these debates have become polarized and, and quite frankly, abusive. Um, and I think we can do better. I really think we can. Yeah, and, and, and whether we like it or not, these people are a large portion of our society right now. Nothing is going to be gained gained by being antagonistic. You know, everything well, yeah. is to be gained by making them our friends. You know, if you consider them to be your enemy, if you make your enemy your friend, you have conquered your enemy. Problem solved. Yeah, well, well, that's right. I mean, I, and I think sometimes the fear is overblown. We'd be talking about uh, uh, less than three percent of the Australian population when we talk about Muslims. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then as as with many Christians, they may be culturally Muslim, but actually don't attend mosque that often. And it, you know, they they drink. They are pretty much like a, a lot of everyday uh, Australians, really. Um, so I, I think we should just you know get it get that issue in perspective, uh, really. Uh, be- before we sort of, you know, hit the panic button. Oh, this is good, uh, Kent. You are um, you are really coming out and addressing some current issues in uh, in the May edition. I'm uh, super excited about it. Yeah. Hey, listen, um, your your listeners really do need to um, keep an eye on Faith FM because next week we have a, a podcast from uh, Dr. Priya Alexander. Um, she uh, she wrote an article for us in the May edition um, called "Doctors, Not Dr. Google." Um, she so we we had a really interesting chat with her, and you, you'll hear the podcast. But the article that sort of goes with the podcast is also um, in in the May edition, and she basically you know tries to point out, hey, look, you know. I'm a general practitioner. We're not superhuman. You know, we don't have all the answers necessarily. Um, so, you know, work work with us. Um, be be kind to us. And for goodness' sake, she says, um, don't go googling your symptoms and coming up with some harebrained self diagnosis and then and then bringing it to me <laughs> as as a GP and expecting me to, to untangle that. It, she said it makes. Um, her job quite difficult when she has to spend this time sort of hosing down someone's um, <laughs> you know half half baked self diagnosis of oh I've got a brain tumor no it's a headache you, you know what I mean sure 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 and of course if you um, if you look up all the more of those symptoms that you look up the more of those symptoms you will have 
that's kind of how the brain <laughs> works. Right. You know, it's kind of a weird that's, thing. It's like, yep. oh, I've got that done. Oh, I wonder whether I've got that one. Oh, yes, I've got that one too. <laughs> yep. And the funny thing is that she, she admitted during the um, during during the radio episode that we recorded um, that she's no uh, she's not innocent herself in that respect. She says, yeah, anytime I look down a, a list of symptoms, I start mentally ticking them off and and going, oh my goodness, I've got it. Um, she said, yeah. You, She's too close to it, um, sure. and that's why we, we have doctors. You know, with the training they have, the expertise they have, they're not perfect, but probably better than Doctor Google. Yep. Uh, so that's look, that, that's you know just one of the well-being uh, articles that, that we have there. Um, but look, I I do want to finish if, if we do have time, Lyle, um, with one particular article that has just really rocked my world in terms of. Christianity putting being put into practice in a way that perhaps we wouldn't have, res- uh, have expected in a way that I find quite challenging to how I live out my faith. Um, there's a, a, a lady who, who writes about her experience of receiving scam calls. You know these people who call up um, often you know it's from an overseas um, you know call center and they they're trying to tell you that you know you need to turn on your computer you have to put this in put that in um, or you owe or money to the uh, money scam or that's right that's right yeah they they're trying to get money out of you that it's some scam that they're running uh, which is horrific that this happens in, in our society so look a lot of us would respond you know aggressively dismissively um you know, you know that sort of stuff you know try to track the number and report it to you know some <laughs> some authority which is a, a fool's game i've discovered but what she does is actually she's come to the realization that hey this person has been sent into my circle of influence for a reason, you know, she's a strong believer, a strong Christian believer, and so she tries to engage this person on a personal level, try to get to know them a little bit, and ask them some questions. Hey, listen, what? How is it that you've got to this situation where you're doing, you know, this sort of work? Is this how your? Is this the sort of work you know your parents hoped for you when they when they brought you up with the values they they you know brought you up with? Um, you know, can I say a prayer with you? You know, she. Incredible, you know, the ways that she engages with these people. And she has some evidence that at least one person that she knows of, after speaking to her, hung up the phone and walked out of the call center and never came back. Because one of the, the person's colleagues spoke to her later on and, and told her that this is what happened. Um, so, yeah, I just find this just incredibly radical Christianity, you know, that just cuts across our usual conventions, our usual, usual ways of relating with people. And it's, yeah, it really made me think. I, I don't know about you. Have you considered that at all? I've never, ever thought of that before. Uh, or before, I, I should say, before hearing about this particular uh, person, because um, yeah, I've spoken to the lady that you're referring to, and it's just the mm. stories that she says, shares is just amazing. It's just outstanding. It's mm. just you know, this is and uh, uh, you know, people you know, we, we we struggle trying to trying to find people to witness to, and yet they come to us. So yeah, let's share Jesus with them. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, and and I think so often, you know, someone who calls himself a, a Christian believer, in many ways, holds exactly the same cultural attitudes, um, and do, runs their relationships pretty much exactly the same way as anyone else um, that that you'll see around. And this sort of really challenged me to think. Well, you know, if I do call myself a believer, when I do come across a difficult situation or an annoyance like a scam caller, how do I actually respond in a genuinely Christian way, rather than just you know, responding automatically as any other person, you know, would. Um, and I guess the question, you know, then is extended. Okay, well, 
how do I deal with my marriage? How do I deal with my kids? Mm-hmm. How do I deal with conflict at work? Um, how do I deal with road rage incidents? You, you know what I mean? All these everyday things that we all have to deal with and think, well, if my faith is real, shouldn't it affect each of those aspects of my life rather than just being you know, something I do on a weekend? Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh, Kent, how do we get uh, hold of Science Magazine? It sounds like a really, really good edition. Well, look, the, basically your one-stop shop is our website, which is signsofthetimes.org.au. You can read all uh, May's articles, or ne- nearly all of May's articles there. There are a few columns and things that you really have to get the magazine to, to check out. Um, but that website uh, is also the place where you can subscribe to the magazine to receive it uh, at your home uh, every month. So, yeah, the website, again, signsofthetimes.org.au. There you go. That is uh, Kent Kingston, editor of Signs of the Times magazine here on Faith FM, giving us a sneak preview into the May edition. And I would encourage everybody to head over to signsofthetimes.org.au right now. But um, at this moment, we're going to uh, head to this song, followed by the 8 o'clock news, and then back with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving. A program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness. A relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Do not boast over me, my enemy. For my father is the victor. Your darkness only makes him brighter. He'll make me more than a conqueror. When I fall, I will rise again. 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 Do not blow over me, my enemy. Disappointments push me deeper into dependence on my father. I hold on to him, my helper. When I fall, I will rise again. 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 Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Every trial makes me stronger. Every failure makes me wiser As He refines me in the fire When I fall, I will rise again When I fall, I will rise again When I fall, I will rise again When I fall, I will rise again
fall, I will rise again. When I 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 fall, I will rise again.